Super Tap Film Club. Join Hollywood Fletch and Malachi as they shine their flickering flashlights into the dark, dark cellars of YouTube, only to reveal tales of vampires, motorcycles, and vampire motorcycles. Dystopian futures seen through the eyes of the 80s. A great fear of the internet and what it will do to our children. Kicks and horrors of all sizes imaginable. And the many, many dangers of heavy metal. Strap yourself in because this is Super Tat Film Club. And the first and only rule of Super Tat Film Club is tell everyone about Super Tat Film Club because it's all street punks and side boobs from here on in. Rock and roll division. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are. My name is Malachi J. Matthews and I'm joined as always by Hollywood Fletcher. Hello. How's it going, Hollywood Fletch? <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad? Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed our spooky October overload of schlocky werewolf street punks and fucking crows did you enjoy it fletch no no why you don't like it do you don't no, like it i don't like horror films well you're in the wrong place bub i don't like them not today you're not in the wrong place because we've switched it up we're going to turn our backs on horror for a little bit of time it's time for the g-man what are we doing today fletch firepower firepower bang 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 1994 firepower that is 1994 firepower starring Gary Daniels Gary Daniels Gary 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 Chad McQueen Chad McQueen I don't know who he is what do you mean you don't know who he is who is Chad McQueen son of Steve oh my giddy Jesus I didn't actually know that (laughs) that's yeah so Alley Cat Alley Cat Alley Cat is the son of Steve McQueen he is yes and also, the warrior. That out as breath as the actual yes. Ultimate Warrior, God rest his soul, Jim Helwig. Jim Helwig, his one and only film. One and only film. Mm-hmm. He's very good in it. <laughs> He's got a wide spectrum of acting uh, cr- credentials. He has many lines. Has All many. of them are. <laughs> he does have an actual line in it, but it's ADR. When somebody says, "Get me the hell out of here," and it's clearly not the warrior's voice when he's in there. He does have another line in... where he goes. <laughs> he does a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Daniels. Now, Gary Daniels is going to be a prominent character in what we are referring to as the Tattyverse, isn't he, Fletch? Well, he has been. He was in Tekken. He was in Tekken. He dipped his toe in as the evil robot man in Tekken. Mm-hmm. Now we get to go full D. Full D. <laughs> full Gary. Full GD. Full GD. We're going full GD. And saying GD, that's almost comparing him to JCVD, which is not a bad comparison. <laughs> he is an unknown He's... action superstar as as far as like your Stallones, your Schwarzeneggers, but he is in the Expendables. He is the Brit. Yeah. 
Do we know is Gary, where's Gary Daniels from? His accent. He's is, from London. Yeah, it's, he sounds Australian. Australian. Yeah. Is, he, is he trying to smooth off his accent for a more? I, I have no idea what he's doing. Intercontinental. I'm, well, I don't know because he's got this weird accent, which is somewhere between his own native accent and. Australia. Australian, yeah. I thought he was Australian when he first graced our screens. I've watched this film about five times, Fletch. I'm actually, I'm actually a fan of this. Yeah. Did you enjoy it before we start? Oh, I love this film. You loved it. Is, is this, we haven't said this for a while. Obviously, people, you're watching these films on YouTube. Come on. Are you watching them? Because they're all there. Buy them. Buy them at the shop. Watch it. Love it. Buy it. Buy it. Watch it. Love it. How does it go? How does it go? Let's get into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. We start... In a dystopian future, but this time seen through the eyes of the 90s, Fletcher. A neon future drive-in cafe where we see two buddy cops eating pancakes, because in the future, it's always pancake time. The news is riddled with, with news. About of, AIDS. About AIDS and disruption and the fact that there are people in the zone of personal freedom that have got such things as AIDS vaccines. So these zones... Are which are named personal freedom zones are basically lawless, aren't they? Yeah, they, they've they've been there since ninety nine. They started as personal freedom zones. Now they are called the hell zone. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm. Because if you think about what personal freedom is, it's just anarchy. Well, no, I mean it's just your human rights, your freedom to kind of express yourself and do whatever you you know follow your beliefs without. Hurting others, because obviously it's contained within the law, so you can't interrupt others with your own personal freedoms. Well, But there's also a kind of mixture to it, because really, with the personal freedom areas, all you really see is just people just wantonly killing each other. You know what you see, mate? What? Street punks. It's fucking riddled with... It's street punk heaven. It is street punk heaven, or street punk hell, depending on your point of view. Do you think the progression... It's called the hell zone! Do you think the progression of the personal freedom zones into the hell zones is a comment on the on the kind of American doctrine of no duty to retreat? Yeah, basically, if you're not, if you're left to your own devices, you'll all turn into street punks. Well, as long as you're both complicit in enacting violence on each other, then it's legal, isn't it, in America? Your street punkery is legal. Well, it's so the no duty to retreat is mm-hmm. it's it's a kickback against the British. Everyone has their duty to retreat in British law. Yeah, which yeah. is in combat situations you have to have your proverbial back to the wall before you lash before out. responding with force. Yeah, where with um, Queensbury rules. Yeah, so in America, in the US, back in like frontier times. Yeah, this is where they they kind of started talking about Americans having no duty to retreat. Which meant that they didn't if, have to. Well, if someone comes comes at you, comes at you, then you're well within your rights as an American to pop him one. Pop him one, yes. Which is where you get the showdowns in America and stuff because it's all legal if they're face to face and like if they both want it. Okay. Yeah. What what the film is implying here is that you know if we if America just continues to hold on to those kind of beliefs and those laws that were really only kind of relevant in a time where it was quite lawless and quite violent, Mm. then it's going to go full circle and come round to being lawless and violent again, surely. And especially in today's political climate. Yes, I mean, you can't progress unless you make changes. Amendments, if you will. Well, this is... 
Straight in the deep end after Halloween, Fletch. It's a deep D- film. Deep, deep. It's, it's deep. We'll get back into it. I, that was good. That was a good bit of knowledge that you dropped on us all there, Fletch. Sorry. People learn something by mistake there. By proxy. Okay. By proxy, ladies and gentlemen, occasionally you learn things other than what films Gary Daniels, Gary Daniels is in. <laughs> was in. <clears throat> so yeah, 1999 is when they started this whole freedom zone, but now it's called the Hell Zone. And it is ruled by street punk gangs. One in particular, the Hell Raiders. And at the helm of the Hell Raiders... The Swordsman. <laughs> the Swordsman. Yeah, the Swordsman. <laughs> so this now, is Jim. This is Jim, Big Jim. Big Jimmy Hellwig. The cops, son of McQueen, Gary D. They're buddy cops. They're having a good time. They're eating their pancakes, like I say, looking at the news, saying, oh, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days before all the zones? Back in the 90s when we were all scared of AIDS. Yeah. The buddy cops get a call through from the uh, police office. It's from... It's from a good-looking girl. It's on the little portable telly on the table. Yeah, portable telly. This is Sledge's slight love interest. And she says, you need to get it. <laughs> We've got some trouble with some gangbangers. <laughs> so they're like, we'll get on it. Steve McQueen says, I think she fancies you. Steve McQueen Jr. Yeah, I think she fancies you. And Gary says, I never dipped the pen in a company ink, mate. <laughs> you bloody drongo. You bloody... <laughs> Rack off! <laughs> Rack off! Rack off! You slanger! But she says, Hey Sledge, it's Mendez. He's the right-hand man of the swordsman. Be careful. And he says, That word isn't in my vocabulary, baby. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? That's Gary Daniels. Slipping, his confusing accent. Slipping back into his confusing accent. Yeah. And she calls him an asswipe. Oh, good. Good. Good bounce. Good bounce. Into the zone! Police car chase! They chase a pimped out car covered in zebra leopard print, just sexy animal print car. How unbelievably Robocop is this? <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. The pimp car explodes at the end of the tunnel. The chase is over. The punks are alive that are within the car. Then a gunfight breaks out. Bandana street punks shooting, shooting at cops, shooting at Steve McQueen Jr. and Gary D. Don't worry, because Gary D. is a shit Judge D. and he has got smart bullets. He fires smart bullets and it finishes off the beardy one. <laughs> gone. And the other one takes, takes flight and he runs. Gary D. chases the bandana street punk and that is when we get a certain, a new timestamp in this film, Fletch. 7.20, the first kick of Gary D. Oh, yeah. I like this one. Kicks. He delivers a brutal street punk beatdown to Mendez. Mendez. <laughs> Do you know he's a real life kickboxing champ? Gary D or Mendez? Gary D. Oh, you can see it, mate. He's ripped. He's like a fucking... He's a Billy, Billy Blanks level kick machine. He is. And also, he, when he was a kid, he did something called Mongolian Kung Fu, which I've never heard of before. That sounds like a fucking Frank Duck situation. I like that. Mongolian Kung Fu? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Frank. Did we ever hear from Frank? Did we fuck? Fucking pussy. So in this dystopian future, the police cars are uh, family SUVs, just like normal, like a big Fiat thing that like my, my dad used to have a couple of years ago. The police vehicles are brilliant. Yeah, they, they are just, just literally just put them in the boot. Yeah, <laughs> there's people's family cars that they've just slapped a sticker on the side. Yeah. There's, a, there, there's the bikes. 
that you see. The bikes with the wobbly plastic bikes. Yeah, it reminded me of living in China, where they just get normal bikes and just slap police slap on the side of them. Any old shit on it. Yeah. But yeah, the cars. I love the cars. That's literally the car that my dad had in the 90s. Wasn't he a copper? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. That would be why. That would be why. They were just, he drove just... a cop car. He's a copper. <laughs> what are you confused about? Well, I... I see it now. They were yeah. just readying him for the uh, possible future. We could have been in this future. In the whole idea of um, parallel universes, Fletch, we could be in this future. And in a desolate future, they could be discussing a film about two fucking boring, touching 40-year-olds that just have proper jobs and go wrestling. What? That's the worst film that's ever been pitched on this podcast. Exactly. Here's a good film. The one we came up with in the car. What was the one we came up with in the car? Slampires. Ah, oh, Slampires! Fletch, tell, tell the ladies and gentlemen about Slampires. <laughs> it's too late. It's not Halloween anymore. It doesn't matter. We can talk about Slampires. There's always time for Halloween. There's always time for vampires. Well, what do you want to know? I mean, it's called... I know what it's all about. It's called Slampires. How does it... Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about... We, we turned up at a show. So... We go to a wrestling show in Leeds. Oh yeah, Leeds. Leeds. Wrestling Hub of the North. Wrestling Hub of the North. And it turns out that they're all like, it's, it's a shady club, like in Vamp. Like in But Vamp. it's a wrestling like event that's on and they're all vampires. And at one point there's, um, do you remember when we watched Jason, the Jason film yeah. on the boat? <laughs> yeah. And there's that guy who's like, you're all going to die. You're all doomed. Yeah, you kind of see that guy. In the petrol station. Yeah, and he tells you not to blade. And you're like, I don't care, man. And we're like, oh, God. blade. You should listen to this guy. Yeah, but this is how it all kicks off Uh, because we're wrestling. And then, like... I get contaminated. Yeah, and then you go and you do the cut on your head. And there's a drop of blood in slow motion falling down. And then it hits the ground. And then it's all gone quiet. It turns out everyone is a vampire! Oh, God! Including the wrestlers, who are slampires, because they're wrestler vampires. Slampires! Who are we going to have as the, uh, the, goody vamp- the goodies that were going to kill the vampires? I can't remember. The goodies who were going to kill the vampires? Was that was us? Or was... Yeah, I mean, we've got we to get out of there, basically. Got to get out. I'm back in Leeds. I'm not, I mean, Bradford. I'm back at Rise on October the 5th, which is after this is going out, so irrelevant. <laughs> We can just record it on my phone. I mean, we do everything else on my phone. The police office. They've got Mandes. They're going to book the punk. They find out that he's carrying future drugs. What are these future drugs? The chief says to Gary D, When you're going to get a haircut, Gary D, this company's going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, Gary D says, LAPD, mate. Rock and roll division. Rock and roll division. Gary Daniels will cut his hair for no man. When is this film set? I don't know. It's set like now, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So they still think like the AIDS epidemic is going on now. Yeah. Like, if it was still going on by now, I think we'd all be dead. They lock up Mendes and he says, You're a dead man, Sledge! Because Gary D's name is Sledge. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that. Gary up. D just slaps the little bitch and uh, locks him up with a hand scan key thing. Because you oh, need yeah. a hand to get in. A call comes through to the captain. Captain, they've captured the swordsman. The swordsman? They're bringing him in. Oh, my God. Do you know who the fucking swordsman is, Fletch? It's the ultimate warrior. What happens when they bring in the ultimate warrior? Do you know? 
They scan him in, don't they? They list his crimes. You have, yeah, and I've written down his rap sheet. I thought you might have. That's why I didn't bother writing it down. Yeah, so... um, What did he do, Fletch? What is the Warriors rap sheet, you say? Yeah. Murder. Bad. Assault. Really bad. Rape. Oh, that's really bad. Battery. Bad. Carjacking. Bad. Grand Theft Auto. Isn't that carjacking? Well, they're listed as two separate things. I didn't check. Did I say robbery? No, but stick it on the list. Forced entry. Mm. Attempted murder. Attempted murder? Mm-hmm. Uh, possession of narcotics. Well, the less said about that, the better. God rest his soul. Petty theft. Petty theft? What, like apples? Apple scrumping? Loitering. Loitering? What's he doing hanging around outside of, outside of Sainsbury's? <laughs> Mate, crime's a crime. They've got a list of more. He had to start somewhere, I guess. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine just working in a shop and there's the Autumn Warrior just stood outside and you're like, excuse, excuse me, mate. Excuse me, mate. And he just goes, <laughs> No, I'm going to call police. <laughs> <laughs> they can sort this bloke out. Fuck that. So they list all of the Warrior's crimes and he just smirks. He's like, yeah, ha, he wears these crimes like a badge of honour, Fletch. Like, a, like an arm tassel. They, <laughs> they try to book him in, but he fights the cops and he breaks their arms. They finally subdue the wild stampeding warrior beast. <laughs> and they stun him with electricity and they lock him up with Mandez. And Mandez says, good to see you, boss. Street punk prison outbreak, Fletch. What the fuck? The warrior sits and waits. We see a bus in the distance. An armoured, sexy bus approaching. It is, it is quite a sexy bus. It looks quite cock-like. It looks like something out of the Batman animated it series. It does, yeah, very much so. That is on the way to uh, free the Ultimate Warrior from his Ultimate Prison as he sits and waits. The armed bus turns up at the prison. They sever a man's hand with bullets and use his floppy, floppy hand to free the Ultimate Warrior from his cage of policeness. They give him a hand, if you will. They give him a hand. This is where he says, you got to get me out of here, which is clearly not Warrior's voice. No, because if it was the real Warrior, it'd be like, like, okay, Warrior, you've got to say, you've got to get me out of here. And he's like, okay. No, cut. No. Okay. You've got to get me out of here. Okay. Ready? Action. (laughs) Yeah, that that was good. Next thing, come on. Right, fuck it. Massive police shootout. I hope nobody dies, Fletch. I hope nobody dies. Too late! Too many people are dead. The love interest that Sledge was talking about earlier on gets caught in the crossfire. She dies in a really weird way. Shot by street punks while they're saying, Get down! Get down! She's sat... Okay. She is sat there in some filing cabinets. And they shoot, like, into the back of it, but through one cabinet at a time. Yeah. And it's moving towards her. And they're like, get the fuck away from the cabinets! Move from the cabinets of death! <laughs> and she's like, oh, the cabinets! And she just dies. Too late. Too late. Too late. Gary runs over to the love interest that he wasn't really that interested in, but that's not the point. She's his friend. He raises a revenge fist to the sky. He clenches his fist. Ruwenge! <sighs> While this is going on, the Ultimate Warrior's on the front of an armoured bus just screaming. 
Gary D makes chase on a police motorbike. We can't overstate how much screaming the warrior does in this film. <laughs> Gary D makes chase on a police motorbike that looks like... Well, it's not a police motorbike, <laughs> is it? Follow that bus. It's got thick, thick, tight armour fletch. They can't pierce its armour. Gary D and Steve McQueen are doing their best to get in it. And they're like, oh, we need a chopper. Get a chopper. The chopper shoots at the bus. There is a shootout between the bus and the conveniently placed cannon shooting at the chopper. Yeah. The chopper goes... Did you see the guy who was, like, shooting that high-powered rifle? No, I can't. He was just like... (laughs) He looked exactly like the kind of person that would own a high-powered rifle. Well... It was unbelievable. He did. Great casting. Great casting. I reckon he bought it. It's probably his bus. Yeah, he he bought the gun himself to the set. The chopper goes down. The chopper is dead. It explodes, causing a bike crash. Now Gary D is down. The bus is heading to the zone. Steve McQueen tries to stop Gary D, but he's like, I'm going in to the zone, inside the zone. It is basically bum town. Oil drums filled with fire. What do you think to the zone? The, the film kind of get bored of being a Robocop ripoff and, it, and decides to become a... Escape from New York ripoff instead. Yeah. Which I'm not complaining about because it doesn't linger there for long before it becomes a blood sport ripoff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> this film is excellent. It's got whatever you fancy. If you can't decide what film you want to watch, just watch just this. Just watch this one. This is the, uh, the equivalent of listening to Stone Temple Pilots in the <laughs> 90s. If you couldn't decide if you wanted to listen to Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains... Just put Stone Temple Pilots on because they ripped them all off. <laughs> hey, That's quite a go. niche 90s joke, isn't it? Yeah, this is a niche 90s film though, so it's okay. Wow, it's all right. <laughs> so yeah, inside the zone, it's fucking awful, mate. It looks like it does in Robocop too. A palace theatre is there. The palace theatre, what have they got showing tonight and every night? Death Ring! Death Ring! Tonight! Come on inside! The cops head towards the theatre entrance and they see a hooker that looks like Alice Cooper. That, um, that scene, though, with all the, uh, the car chase and everything, Yeah, is that why the film's called Firepower? I don't know, because there's not much firing in this Firepower-named film, is well, there? Well, we've passed all of it now. Yeah. We're now just all about the death ring. It's got nothing to do with fire or guns, really, this film. Yeah. It did strike me that the film should have been called Death Ring. So I... Uh, had a look, yeah. and the year before, there was a film called Death Ring. Right. So with they... Chad McQueen in it. <laughs> so, yeah, Chad McQueen had already done a film called Death Ring, so they, so maybe they just couldn't name this film Death Ring for that reason. Have we found Chad McQueen in Death Ring? On, on, uh, I'm assuming that's probably on YouTube. I didn't look, but I did notice that Billy Drago Snow from Vamp is in it. <laughs> Well, get it on the list. Okay. So they ask the prostitute that looks like Alice Cooper. Um, we're looking for a fucking ultimate warrior. He's just coming here on a big cock-shaped bus. <laughs> Where did he go? Didn't see him. Didn't see him, but he's probably gone in there. Death ring, innit? Everyone fucking loves it. Inside. What did you think of inside the theatre, Fletch? It looked excellent. <laughs> it looked like the grottiest rock pub ever. It's techno street punks playing keyboards. Oh, that bloke was my hero. <laughs> Smashing a keyboard. He like was. A... He had like the big Bruce Dickinson like studded armbands on, and he's just headbanging like <laughs> to this fucking rave. 
playing a keyboard. Yeah, and he's the only it's the only instrument there in this cage, and he's just yeah. like, God, fucking loving it, punching the shit out of this keyboard, and just '90s rave music is coming out of it somehow. Other than having the uh, B-rate Trent Reznor in a cage bashing on a keyboard, <laughs> you've got strippers in cages, you've got screens all over the place, looking like some kind of post-apocalypse Ladbrokes. <laughs> People are placing bets on matches in tonight's contest at Death Ring. There are adverts going on. Some of the names include The Ninja. <laughs> One of them's called Tumor. Tumor? Did you not see? One of them was, there's like, there's Maniac. Maniac, <laughs> Dr. Death. Psycho. Psycho. Mr. Drexel is the baddie. Mr. Drexel. Yeah. He runs this town. Drexel. He runs this club. He's an interesting chap. Yeah. Drop some knowledge on me, Fletch. Have you know, do you know who he is? The actor? Yeah. No. I doubt it. I doubt anyone does. But his name's Joseph Ruskin, right? Right. And he's been in, I, I'm pretty sure, every awesome TV show there has been since the 50s. The Honeymooners. Alfred Hitchcock Presents. The Outer Limits. Ooh. Star Trek. Ooh. Hogan's Heroes. Mission Impossible. The Six Million Dollar Man. Starsky and Hutch, Charlie's Angels, Knight Rider, The Smurfs. This man is a tap god. <laughs> he is a TV god. T- TV He's been in at least one episode of everything, it turns out. He was, in, he, was, he was in the first Star Trek, and he was also in Voyager and Enterprise. He's been everything. Well. He is a hats TV off. legend. Hats off, Mr. Drexel, TV tap god. He is an unsung TV hero. Well, in this, he's not a hero in this, Fletch. He's a very bad man. He runs the death ring. Mr. Drexel is in his office. A man comes in and says, there's cops in the club. And he says, anybody can be here if they want to play at the death ring. <laughs> now, the death ring has a computer system. It says, tonight's fighters are psycho and maniac. And uh, what they do is they, well, it's supposed to be randomly drop weapons into the ring during the matches. But there is a man with a uh, 90s PC clicking the weapons and dropping them in at the behest of Drexel, isn't it? So the cops are looking around for the swordsman. They say, hey, have you seen a big henchman in a fucking cape? The warrior's cape in this has got poles in (laughs) it to make it. His shoulders, it looks like he's got the shoulders of four men. Who thought? That they needed to make the warrior look bigger. Well, Gary D, because he's like... Gary D's like, he looks like a... He looks like a do you fucking Gary D child. Could, do you reckon, like, in real life, Gary D could have the warrior? Well, he's still alive. <laughs> he won at life. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's not funny. The cops are looking for the swordsman and they're asking street punks in the bar and nobody's giving them any info. So Gary starts shooting punks up. He shoots, he puts some lead, some hot slugs in a bitch. Yeah. And he says, it's too bad we can't do that in real life. Yeah. So Gary D's character is kind of embracing the freedom zone, isn't he? He wants, he wants to go in there. He lives his... on the, he lives on the edge. He lives on the edge. He's doing, he, well, when he gets in there, he does all sorts of stuff. He's yeah. He's diddling he, prosses and all sorts. He fully embraces the lawless lifestyle that he's supposed to be opposing. He it's shouts an, out. It's an interesting kind of character dynamic you've got going on there. Yeah. You know. McQueen, family man. 
Daniel's incessant diddler. Well, he is. He just goes around fucking prostitutes and well, shooting people. After shooting some punks up, he screams at the top of his voice, We are looking for the swordsman! And the crowd just laugh in their faces. They find some night ladies that are doing drugs. And Daniel says, I should have got into my civilian clothes! And then out again. And then out again, you know <laughs> what I mean? I could have fucked some of these whores, mate. Death ring this way. It's very, very... I went to Australia once, you know. Did you meet Gary Daniels? No. No? I did meet, like, the this local politician in um, Adelaide, though. And I got really drunk with him. And we went to, like... There's just this strip in Adelaide where all the strip clubs are. And we went down there and his, and his aides took the camera off me so that I couldn't take pictures of him partying with prostitutes. And his name was? I can't remember. Oh, I got so drunk. Great days, great days. I woke up the next day and I couldn't remember anything. And I couldn't remember what he looked like or anything. And then um, I was saying to my girlfriend at the time, she was like, you know, you just dragged yourself in, like literally on the floor, dragged yourself through the front door. And I was like, where the fuck have you been? And apparently I was just like, just politician, Australian politician got me. And <laughs> on the news the next day. <laughs> oh God, carry on. There was this, this guy, this Australian local politician gone missing. And they were like, what did he look like? And I was like, I don't remember. Did you kill him, Fletch? I didn't kill him. Honestly, did you kill him? I don't know! <laughs> Some police found me on the fucking floor. <laughs> it's true! They, yeah, they, they picked me up off the floor and they were like, where, where do you live? And I was Great like, Garbury! That's it! <laughs> and they were like, well, where are you staying here? And I was just like, I don't know, I don't remember. And they just put me in a taxi. And I don't know how, but the taxi driver managed to get it out of me where it was, and he took me back. And like, I think he just took all of my money off me, because I remember just seeing that I had nothing left. So I just think he just looked at me while it went, that'll do, and just fucking took them off. Well, what another lovely, lovely little insight into Fletcher's real life there. Oh. Glamour, nothing but glitz and glamour. <laughs> Deathmatch this way. It's very, very heavily signposted. It's got very nice signs. Tell me about the ring, Fletch, that they fight within. Well, it's a, um, it's like a chicken wire cage, isn't it? It's electric. It's like the one from Superfights, <laughs> but it's electrified. <laughs> First up, they see Viper fighting. Gary is not impressed with the combat of Viper. Oh God, Viper is awesome. I know, but Gary's like, look at this guy. That's Art Camacho. Art Camacho, who favours the nunchucks. Yeah, he's the fight choreographer for the whole film. Well, they drop in the weapons. <clears throat> nunchucks for, for him. Sticks for T-Bone. Viper favours the chucks. While they're watching Viper and T-Bone fighting in the ring, a man pops out next to them. Who is it, Fletch? Well, he looks like Kano, but do you know who he is? Who is he? He is Niels Allen Stewart. Jemba Abobo in... Double Dragon. Oh, it's him. It's him. But is he playing Kano? Because he looks like Kano. He d Why does he look like he Kano? Says, welcome to you're welcome to play. Is Kano Australian? No. He's Australian in the Mortal Kombat film, isn't he? I don't know. He's like, oh, Sonya Blade. I'm Kano. Oh, you fucking shit. Yeah. You fucking. 
I'm fucking Kano. I'll beat you more fucking combat, you forearm cunt. <laughs> so the police officer has since found out that the drug is an AIDS vaccine and it's worth one million dollars. <laughs> Have you ever been partying with Australians? I don't want to tar like, you know, Australian people all with the same brush, but they're a bunch of fucking animals. <laughs> I went to Oktoberfest once. In Australia? No, I went to the Oktoberfest in, in Munich. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, fucking full of Australians. Well, it's where, wherever you go, they're always on the bar. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's it. This is the biggest drinking festival in the world, and it's just this giant party where everyone's getting slaughtered. And there's like, and there was this one tent. Drinking right? that beer that tastes like sausages. Yeah, there was this big tent there, and um, there was a tour guide, and he was like, oh, don't go in that tent. We're like, why? It's like, full of Australians. <laughs> It's like, okay. It's like, basically, they, they just, they fill it up every year. And if they see you, like, you know, if you've got your, like, your boxes showing at the top, they'll just fucking rip them out. So don't go in there unless you want your pants ripped off and to just go drinking and partying with a bunch of fucking Australian men beasts. Well, I was thinking about doing a season of Australian films, but I don't think I will now because you're going to get shell-shocked and... I love Australian films. Right, okay. Osploitation is coming. Mad Max. Bad Boy Bobby. Bad Boy Bobby. That's, that's filmed in Adelaide. Bad Boy Bobby is actually the one that's coming, mate. Oh, no. Be still, you cat! The buddy cops volunteer to go in, undercover, into the zone to try and find out where this AIDS vaccine that's worth just a million dollars is coming from. And the chief says... Sledge, you can do this because you're a fucking piece of shit. You're a womanizer. Nobody cares about you. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about you, Sledge. But goddamn, Steve McQueen, you've got a wife, you've got a family. And he says, I'm a cop. I'm a cop, chief. Yeah. But I'm Steve McQueen. He doesn't give a fuck. Steve McQueen goes home and he tells his wife about his next job and she is not happy and he says, I'm a cop. I'm a cop. Tonight's lethal match. Give it up for the swordsman. Versus Professor Kung Fu Man. Yeah, and they have a fight in an electric cage. It's just full of Ultimate Warrior's own wrestling moves, basically. Well, yeah, this is, the, this is the thing about that. Because the Warrior's fighting style in this is it's mu it's much like his, uh, his normal one in the wrestling ring. Just pushing people over and going, just, Yeah, just going, and punching people. At one point, he grabs the, the guy by the head. And he slams his head into his into the warrior's knee. Yeah. And he stamps with it. Yeah. And I was like... He's gimmicking his stamps yeah, in a film. Yeah, I was like, warrior, <laughs> mate, they add the sound effects to it. You don't have to stamp anymore. It's what he knows, mate. It's what he knows, it's isn't he it? Knows. Yeah. He's, he's well, good. Broken. Professor Kung Fu Man has absolutely no chance against the warriors screaming and pounding. <laughs> Uh, the computer—he gets a sword. Yeah, the computer then drops in a sword, and they have a sword fight, and the warrior wins. Why would you? Yeah, this guy's clearly really good with that sword as well. Yeah. That's the worst thing because he grabs the sword and he's just like, like just he's clearly really good with it. And then the fucking warrior, warrior grabs it he's and he's like, just swinging it, around. waving it around with his big sausage arms. Yeah, it just—it's. Did they decide on the weapon he'd use before they cast him? Maybe, because, I mean, he looks very uncomfortable with a sword. It's just a really kind of light, clinical kind of weapon used by this giant man in a leotard. 
Doesn't matter now, mate. Surely goes... they should give him like a big bludgeoning weapon or like Just an a axe or something. Yeah. Doesn't matter now, mate. It's all gone down in the records because that is the 13th kill for the Ultimate Warrior. Ooh. The undercover cops are told this in the dressing uh, in the dressing room by Eye Patch Dude, who then tells them the rules of <laughs> of, the <laughs> of, death of, of the Death Ring. Thank you, Eye Patch Man. It says like like Fletcher said earlier, the big money is in lethal combat. The losers don't get paid. <laughs> Just as he's explaining this rule to our buddy cops, Warrior enters the locker room. And he says, great show. Hey, we got some fresh meat here. You think they got the stuff? And he looks at them and he laughs in their cop faces. He goes, yeah, and then walks off. One-eyed guy says, you're up next. By the way, guys, what do you want to be called? (laughs) And what are the names, Fletch? (laughs) Gary Daniels like, I'll be called the hammer. I'll be called the fucking hammer, mate, because I'm a sledge. Because I like hammering prostitutes. <laughs> and then uh, Steve McQueen says, so I want to be a cat. He says, I don't know. I don't know. And, cat. Like, and Gary Downs like, call him the pussy cat because he's a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so one eye guy says, we'll call you alley cat because I can't say pussy. Yeah, Chad McQueen's like, yeah, whatever. Since they watched Viper fight earlier on through a tiny window in the gym, <laughs> it seems to be the one window that they can see the, the death ring from. It's the only way in and out as well, apparently. Yeah. Steve McQueen's decided he's going to uh, become friends with Viper and tap, tap in for intel, while Gary Daniels says he's just going to go and tap some women. <laughs> the Art Camacho, he is criminally underused like in films. Mm. He's, he's played some uh, supporting roles and stuff, and he's done a lot of stunt work and fight choreography. But he is brilliant in this film. He's yeah. really good. And if you look at that fight with him and Dr. Death, he's trying to fight Dr. Death, and he's kicking and stuff, but his kicks aren't doing anything. And so it changes. Yeah, the fight kind of changes when the weapons come in, though, and he's more skillful with the weapons. And he he favour the chucks, that's why. Yeah. That's why it's you just, like him. Well, yeah, but it's just that, you know, the fight, the, that fight scene alone kind of tells its own little story. Yeah. And that, I think that's just really good choreographing, isn't it? Good work, Viper. Yeah. We're close bro buddies now. And he says, thanks, man. It's all about the Benjamins. I'm doing this for my family. Yeah. Hammer, you're up next. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's hammer time. <laughs> Can't touch this. Gary Daniels. <laughs> Gary Daniels gets into the death ring. They try to give him a blue bib because the rookies wear, wear blue, blue t-shirts. And he says, I ain't no fucking rookie, mate. And he gets into the <laughs> Fuck ring. Fuck off with your blue fucking t-shirt, man. He gets into the ring and he does the splits. Damn! Gary is the fucking best. He does some break dancing and everything. He does. And he has his arms folded and fucking he's like... Fucking Gary. Mm-hmm. He's, he's visually sassing the man that he's fighting. They drop weapons, but Daniels doesn't need a weapon. He's so badass. Daniels is a weapon. Viper and uh, Steve McQueen, Ali Cat McQueen, are looking through the tiny gym window. Your buddy's good. And he says, I know he is. Next up, Alley Cat and Stomper. But it's not Alley Cat and Stomper, it's Alley Cat and somebody else, which is a bad editing mistake <laughs> that I noticed. Viper wishes the Alley Cat luck. The hammer has won. Alley Cat goes in. Now, the difference between Alley Cat McQueen and Hot Legs Daniels is the fact that Hot Legs Daniels is Hot Legs Daniels. Steve McQueen's handy with his fist, isn't he? 
He's yeah. good at punching. He's That's good at punching, thing. and also he's good at wearing the blue T-shirt, so it's less obvious to tell when they put a stuntman in instead of him. No, that isn't what they're doing, Fletch. That is what they're doing. It's, it's pure McQueen. There's a whole fight scene where it's clearly Art Camacho just fucking standing in for him, but he's too ripped, so they put that fucking blue T-shirt on him. Well, we'll come to something like that in a second. <laughs> Um, the computer drops in a shield because Drexel's like, give him a shield, let's see what he does. Shield and a stick. Shield for the alley cat, the alley cat wins. Fighting dudes, relaxing in a bar. Viper's just telling him, I'm just doing this to feed my family. This is the only way I need to fight in the zone. Love Viper. Love Viper. They spy Drexel's girl. She's in the, she's in the bar, Drexel's girl. She sasses the alley cat. <laughs> the alley cat's like... The alley cat forgets he's got a wife. The alley cat forget, totally forgets he's got a wife and chats up the uh, the lovely Drexel's girl. Okay, we haven't got to her name yet. And she says, I fell in love with a fighter. He got killed in the ring. Drexel then threatens the alley cat for talking to his girlfriend. With the warrior in his cape. With the warrior in his pointy cape next to him. <laughs> Cut to alley cat at home playing snares. Family life is strained. His wife is scared. I want you to quit the police. The SNES. Yeah. That fucking... Console of the future. The console of the future. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System. To be fair, mate, I play one. And I... <laughs> do you know what, actually? Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. Did you see the game they were playing, though? It looked no, it fucking didn't show you wank. what game it was. They're not allowed to show what game it is. It looks shit. Probably just some... It didn't look as good as the stuff you could actually get on the SNES. His wife wants him to quit, but is he going to do it, Fletch? No. He can't. He's too legit to quit to make another MC Hammer reference. <laughs> he doesn't care about his wife. He's not really that bothered, is he? No, he's got to sniff for some fucking new, new strange now, so he doesn't care. Well, let's see how that pans out. <laughs> Back at the death ring, Ali Cat is talking to Drexel's girl. Hey up. Hey up. And he says, why don't you just get out of here? And she says, some of us are just meant to be here. It's all I know. Men like Drexel in my life. Alley Cat goes to his fight, and it's not Stomper, it's somebody else. I can't remember what the name is, because... What, in Alley Cat's fight? Yeah. Who cares about Alley Cat's fight? Nobody, because Alley Cat's fights are only about five minutes long. He's good <laughs> with a stick. Victory two for Alley Cat. Yay. I feel sorry for Chad McQueen. Yeah. Don't. He's in the shadow of G- Gary D. He's in the shadow well, he's in the sh- shadow of Steve McQueen, surely. Well... He's, it he must be like a powerful mushroom then, constantly growing in the dark. It's <laughs> Well, it's weird, because he is the best actor in this film, right? He's not the best kicker in this film, though, is he? Well, this is the thing. He's got the least screen presence, though. You've got Gary Daniels, who's just larger than life, and the warrior, who's an 80s pro wrestler... So he's just so, naturally just this ridiculous comic book character. Yeah. And and even like Art Camacho, who's, who's more likeable because he's not cheating on his wife and, <laughs> you know, yeah. has, has cooler moves than him. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like this film did him no favours and he probably shouldn't have been in it. It didn't do him any favours. Well, his next scene is just looking out of that tiny, tiny window again, watching the hammer versus the maniac. <laughs> the weapons in this match are Psy and Staff. And the hammer just wins. Because he will do. Because he's, 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 he's good at Staff. 
Because he's just wicked at everything. Viper works out with the alley cat. They are now super, super bros. But Viper thinks that they're cops. He's like, you, there's something different about you two. Oh, you're a Viper. Bit, you're a bit policey. Drexel gets, uh, gets wind of uh, Viper and Alley Cat McQueen becoming friends. So he bumps Viper up to a championship lethal match. Oh. Viper versus the Rocker. <laughs> In his Halloween hood. Yeah. That's where my note says about other people. That's Gary Daniels in a mask. Oh, is it? You can tell that's Gary Daniels in a mask. If we look back at it, I think that is Gary Daniels in a mask. Really? I bet it is. It's worth having a look now. Well, can't because we're using the phone. Yeah. I think it is. I'm not sure, but it very much looks like the D-man in a mask. You're probably right. I like it, though, because Art kicks him and his hood goes around the wrong way. Yeah. And he has to, like, write his hood. It's not, it's not very practical. It's Gary Daniels in a mask. <laughs> Gary Daniels pulling double shift. The cops are now watching Viper. Well, Daniels is watching himself uh, through the <laughs> tiny, tiny window. And he says, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and they watch. Drexel watches on as... As Viper begins to win. He's not even Australian. Computer denied sword. The sword has been denied for Viper. The hatchet to the back of Viper. Oh, so Computer Man doesn't let him take the sword Doesn't out. let him take the sword. So not Gary Daniels throws the hatchet into his back. The cops are drowning their sorrows in the fighter bar. Drexel's girl asks him... Ask, <laughs> they just go for a drink, don't they? Yeah. The way Art, the way Art Camacho dies is fucking awful. Yeah, they just go for he a drink. He just goes... And he just gets hit by the axe. And then it just cuts to them having a drink. Yeah. Drexel's girls go, what's going on? Why are you in here? And they say, our friend was murdered. His weapon was denied. And she said, that's what happened to my boyfriend. Shit happens. It's a death ring. People gone die. Gary Daniels says, Drexel did it. <laughs> because Viper had information on the vaccine and she said what do you know about the vaccine Lisa that's her name Lisa runs away she definitely knows something this hell zone Fletch is a bad bad place <laughs> is it really it's really bad almost like hell on earth yeah well you know our personal freedoms are more important Malachi oh, I tell you who is scared about the hell zone Police captain. He's like, I'm calling you in. This is getting, it's, it's, it's got personal. It's too dangerous. And they're just. And, and they're in like, too deep. He's yeah, in too deep. deep. And, they, and they say, no, no, we're not. We're not doing it. We, we, we've got it. We're close. The fact that it is personal, captain, policeman, is why me and Gary D have got to go and sort this situation out. Now, Mandez is finally being shipped off to prison. But some punks attack the van and they break him out. Mendez then uses the computer to find out Alley Cat's real name and where he lives. They are cops. He's got his address, Fletch. He's got his, he's got his fucking address. Now, Lisa wants to help the cops. She's come to her senses. She said, you came here looking for the swordsman. She's had enough of Drexel's evil ways. And she says, I want out. I want out. Steve McQueen. She tells him where Drexel is making the AIDS vaccine. Cut to wife at home on phone to the mother saying, oh, I hope everything's going all right with uh, Steve McQueen Jr. Jr. there. Why is the AIDS vaccine, like, it exists then? I don't know. But it's just in the hands of the criminals. It's a comment. On 
Big Pharma. Big Pharma. The cures for these diseases exist, but the problem is... Criminals have it! They hold all the cards! Mm. They hold all the cards. Speaking of ho- criminals holding the cards, there's a criminal outside Steve McQueen's house holding a card attached to a box of flowers that isn't a box of flowers. It's a fucking gun with a silencer on it. Good segue. He, he goes to his wife and he says, I got a message for your husband. <laughs> Dead. She is shot. Dead. Back at the death ring, Gary trains for his match by putting his legs between two chairs Van Damme style and pushing out his chi. This is so awesome. Gary Daniels is actually my hero. (laughs) The tournament continues. He for real is, though. Gary's trains. They are just cutting back and forth from a fight scene to Gary Daniels doing the splits between chairs. Getting all chied up. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking... Van Damme who? Yeah, exactly. What? Van- Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that fucking guy. I'm, I'm Gary Daniels, or I'm switching. Team Daniels. Team Daniels, Team mate. D. Team Daniels. Love a bit of D, don't Team you? Team G-D-G-D. Goddamn Gary Daniels. <laughs> Men- Love it. Love it. <laughs> Men- Let's talk about Gary Daniels. Mendez is in Drexel's office now, and he's like, Ah, you got out of prison. And he says, yeah, you thanks for fucking picking me up, dickhead. And he said, oh, I thought you might learn something. And while Drexel is clicky-clicky on the computer, he's like, that fucking hammer there, hammer, he's one of the coppers. Gary Daniels, he's a fucking policeman. And I said, next time I see him, I go kill him. And Drexel says, wait, we have someone more suited to that role. And he looks across at the ultimate warrior. And there, sat on his porn casting couch. Is the ultimate warrior in his big pointy cape. The match has now been changed for tonight, Fletch. Now it's Gary Daniels versus the warrior, and it is lethal. Alley Cat looks on through the tiny, tiny gym window. He tries to escape to come to the aid of Big Gary D, but he's been locked in the locker room. Oh. The match begins. Warrior is here. There is an electric cage. Swords are released. Gary D has no fucking chance. Against the former WWF champion. Swords are released. Daniels relinquishes his life, putting his head down like a lowly cow. And the warrior just lops it off like a fucking coconut. Plops off. And he picks up the beheaded head of Gary Daniels and parades it around going, Street punks, this is the head of your Daniels. That sad. was such a shitty death. Sad times for Gary D. Sad times for Alley Cat. He's so enraged that he finally jumps through the tiny window, which doesn't actually lead into the ring. It finds it leads into the bar. <laughs> so they must have been watching the TV through the window in the bar. It doesn't matter because now he is through. He's into the arena. His partner is dead, which means hot, hot Rwenge. He doesn't even know his wife's dead because he's forgotten about his wife. In fact, the fact that his wife's dead is probably... You know, it's quite convenient. It's a foot really. in the door. Yeah. In the office, Drexel sees CCTV of sexy Lisa talking to Steve McQueen about the thing earlier on when she was saying, I'm going to help you out. Drexel says, let's move. Alley Cat makes his way to the hospital. It doesn't mention why he makes his way to the hospital. But when he gets there, they've selfishly just left his dead wife out on a gurney. <laughs> well, she's dead now. Well, she's dead. Just leave. Oh, well, you know. He has a look. At his dead wife. And he, uh, that's when he gets double Ruenge, hot, hot Ruenge. They killed his wife. They <laughs> really? killed his partner. 
I mean, he's not that bothered about his wife, is he? Uh, yeah, he's she's like, a pain, well, she's a pain in the arse, and he's already got. Eyes I just on. recently came back on the market. <laughs> How's it going, Drexel's lady? <laughs> he says, "I'm going into the zone. I'm gonna get Drexel. They killed my wife. They killed my partner." And off he goes into the zone for hot Rwangay. In the zone, he turns upon definitely a police bike. He shoots at some punks and he enters the Palace Theatre. The bike has missiles on it. Yeah, because it's a police bike from the future. Oh, this is so future. He shoots up some punks and he get, makes his way into the Palace Theatre once again. He enters the death ring, but the death ring is empty. Apart from a screen that flickers to life to show Drexel with Lisa. He's now okay love interest because his wife is dead. Hey. hey! It's funny how things turn out, isn't it? Mm. And he's like, I'm going to kill this babe if you don't play cricket. That's not cricket. Mendes is there, Fletch! Mendes is there! He tries to shoot. He shoots at the cat. But uh, the, the cat takes him out immediately. Yeah. He is now in the vaccine lab. There are people making AIDS vaccine all over the place. <laughs> we got to stop them. We've got to stop these people. But, well, we've got to monetize this. Not for punks. <laughs> There's a man in a snood outside guarding the lab. He doesn't know that the alley cat favors the crossbow. But he does favor the crossbow. <laughs> he does? Straight through the throat. He does. He favors the crossbow because he's the son of McQueen. Oh. There is a massive lab shootout. It ends up on the roof where Drexel has Lisa at gunpoint. But he has his henchman. His hench... Hench, hench, henchman. The ultimate warrior is there on the rooftop. It's final battle time, Fletch. Alley cat versus warrior cat. He takes <laughs> off his cape and they go mano in mano. Hand to hand. Now, the alley cat Steve McQueen might be good at punching, but do you know who's better at punching than him? The fucking ultimate warrior. Is he? He is punching at him. He's also better at him than fighting swords, but... He's been hitting the head far too many times. An old alley cat. He should have been called Sly Fox. Gives it a bit of hoo-ha. And he manages to force the Ultimate Warrior's sword into a conveniently placed um, electricity... Just a plug. Yeah. Just a plug up there. The, uh, there is a sword electro death for the Ultimate Warrior. He removes the sword from the corpse of the wrestling legend and oh. plunges it into Drexel. This is basically it, isn't it? Yeah. Plunges it into Drexel, he falls through the ceiling, and then the oh, film yeah. ends. Yeah. He just, yeah. It literally just ends. He Drexel just goes, dies. And he falls through the glass ceiling. Yeah. And then the... And then... Alley Cat is free. The credits roll. Yeah, free to have sex with the... Uh, the, the, the lady, night lady. The, the night lady, he said. In the hell zone. And that's it. They just cuddle and go, Phew, I'm glad that's over. Yeah. And then it literally is over. And the theme tune that they play at the end is like such generic. It's fucking banging, don't you dare. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. There's a lot of slap bass in it. It's banging. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, was Firepower. What do you think of Firepower? I like enjoyed Firepower. It's quite similar to a handful of films we've already done, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, it's, it's got a touch of the blood sports. A touch of the Tekken and the Double Dragons. But that's what happens when you get put into a Kumite situation, mate. Well, yeah, I mean, a Kumite can only go one way. That Now we know why, why Daniels was so high up in Tekken. Like, it's 20-odd years later. Because he's a fucking badass. He's a robot He's now. the Brit. He's the Brit. Who's from Australia. Stars? Stars are five. Stars are five. Out of five. 
Why does he have an Australian accent, though? I don't know. <laughs> it's the biggest mystery of the film. Gary Daniels. He is a mystery. The man, the myth. Is that... The Daniels. Is that just what he sounds like? <laughs> yeah, because that's what he sounded like. We've also... Uh, also, another film that's coming up, if you want a little dip your toe into the, the uh, Daniels verse before <laughs> we get there... Uh, the live-action version of Fist of the North Star. Oh, my God. That film is so good. That film is excellent. But if you can't wait, ladies and gentlemen, that is coming in a couple of weeks. Go watch it <laughs> Go now. watch it now. End it. End this, Daniels. Do you recommend that people watch Firepower? Yes. Yeah. If you yes. see... This is... Well, first of all, if you're a wrestling fan, it's a little... It's a little artefact of wrestling because it's the only, the only film. film that Warrior ever did. Mm-hmm. So if you're a wrestling fan, it's worth a look because he is just the ultimate warrior in it. Yeah. There's a reason why he put, he probably just played himself in this one film and went, well, there you go. There you go. Done. 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 Sorted. The swords. That film's done. On to the next thing. Yeah. Brilliant. And as are we, Fletch, on to the next thing like nomadic YouTube warriors... We move on to our next episode. Oh!